0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So if you're like me, you probably feel a little weird that Guns N' Roses wasn't playing in the background. I figured I'd just go with the, the cool hand Luke line and leave it at that, but... Man, I want to listen to that song right now. Anyways, uh, I don't have a lot of time to be rambling. I just... Just couldn't get up, and I just sat there. I can't even say I overslept. I did not. I was just laying in bed, saying, "Nope." Just had one of those petulant child mornings. But that's all right. We got uh, like three things to touch on, and I'm gonna try to be as succinct as is humanly possible. One of these items, the Everson Griffin items, I've already um, touched on briefly, and I did that over at the YouTube channel, which is Pack Daddy NFL. So. Now, if it's, if it's massive kind of news, if we found out today that Aaron Rodgers got traded, I'm probably doing a podcast, or even if we just officially got Everson Griffin. But kind of, you know, speculative, iffy news, it's, it's probably just going to be YouTube as far as breaking news goes. Otherwise, you just wait until the morning and I'll talk about it then. But again, I would really appreciate if you go subscribe over there, check it out. Thank you very much to everybody who's already done that. I thought I was doing a really good job had like I don't know 70 new subscribers or something and I've uh, been keeping track of everybody in the network and that's maybe close to standard so I'm <laughs> it's kind of like trying to save for a house and you feel good about what your savings is doing and then you realize that house prices are going up just slightly faster than you're able to save for a down payment oh life is life is funny funny is that what I'm trying to say we'll we'll stick with funny it's funny it's a comedy Makes you just laugh and feel good about everything. Anyways, also make sure you are in the Pack Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Pack Podcast Facebook page. If you'd like to support the podcast, outside of all the ways I just described, patreon.com um, slash pack underscore daddy. There's a link in the description. You can uh, join in for as little as a buck a month. Also, speaking of that, I believe we have two fantasy football teams that are completely full, but one of the teams has 13 people, and that's not going to work. So if you are on Patreon and you'd like to join in, let me know and we'll throw you on that team. And There'll be a team of 12 and a team of 14. If you'd like out, please let me know. If you don't think you can do it, please let me know. We'll boot you. But we got to even it out somewhere here. Otherwise, it's fine. I'll eventually, as we get closer, just open it up to uh, the common folk. But uh, I think that's it. Why don't we take a break and uh, talk about some stuff? Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So let's start with the uh, not-so-great news. Um, I'm sure you've heard because it's all over Twitter. It got to be one of those times where you just have to log off because people are becoming, un, uh, you know, insufferable. But uh, baseball had an outbreak, and I've talked about that on the show. Um, I don't really see a remedy for it. If a football player gets it, and it takes a couple days to catch them, there is uh, a decent chance that it's going to spread. Now, there's there's factors and there's variables, and it 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 sounds like maybe, and I'm. Kind of speculating off of what might be speculation here, but it sounds like there was a baseball player who came in contact with someone with the virus, either knowingly or un- they made it sound like he knew, and then joined the team without telling anybody and got everybody infected. In which case, the guy just needs to have everybody kind of gather around, just start kicking him, because that's messed up. But again, that may not be exactly how that went down. I feel like somebody wouldn't do that, but who knows. And I know the NFL has certain rules that are in place in terms of what you're not allowed to do. Not saying people won't do it anyways, but even that's going to be tough. I I'm, I don't know. I, I don't want to go through all the scenarios because it it's, it's somewhat of an impossible task. You can only do what you can do, and hopefully they can figure it out. The other negative so far is that there have been a, a decent chunk of people that have opted out of the season. So far, it's Seven-ish players. I don't. I don't even. I can't even keep track. But again, the the only thing that I can that I can say is what I've been saying all along, and that is there's going to be football, but there's going to be a giant asterisk next to next to the season. There just is. I mean, regardless of of how you want to look at it, even if it's a relatively normal season where there aren't massive outbreaks, there's going to be the people that opt out, right? And granted, it's one thing when Danny Vitale does it. Because it's kind of you know, whatever, but when the Patriots also lose their starting right tackle, it kind of gets into this isn't great territory. Then you figure some people are going to contract the virus, and even if it doesn't spread, you're going to have people that are out. And you could say, well, the you know teams have injuries anyways, so that's normal. Yeah, but the problem is you're going to have injuries on top of it, and on top of that, it's probably going to be a really high injury year because there's no you know real preseason and. Not a real training camp. People aren't just coming and smashing into each other. It's, you know, go do your testing and go isolate. And, you know, we got to do all these extra precautions. So you figure there's extra injuries on top of the normal injuries, on top of the opt-outs, on top of the COVID infections, which probably isn't going to be just one guy. In some cases, maybe they'll catch the one guy and that's it. and Nobody else has it. In other cases, there might be three, four, five guys. What happens when an entire offensive line contracts? And I listen, I don't want to just sit here and start getting hysterical. I'm just trying to think through the situation it doesn't have to be that way it just seems somewhat unlikely that it wouldn't happen to at least one team and people are talking about bubbles bubbles are ridiculous it it doesn't it's not going to work you can't do that there is no actual bubble now you can have strict rules and regulations but in terms of an actual physical bubble which is what i think people are thinking in terms of the virus can't get in that's not a thing how do they eat Explain to me the process by which food comes into their bodies. Where does the food come from? Who goes and gets the food? Who brings them the food? What about everybody involved with football? Does the person that handles their laundry, are they also isolated? Are they allowed to leave the facility and go see their families? Or is everybody in the organization, from the water boy to the referees, everybody's isolated in this bubble? And what are they, just they have a farm where they grow their own food so food doesn't come in from the outside world? and they're not allowed to see their families, it's it's not going to happen. If if you make a rule like that, which again is ridiculous, because some people have to come in and out, which makes them susceptible. It makes them less susceptible, right? If if there's no rules, they go out to bars and everything else. But that's why I'm saying it's it's not an actual physical bubble. We can call it a bubble, but people just, the problem with calling it that is people actually believe that you can create this environment in which nobody has any possibility of infection, and that's how we're going to have an NFL season. That's never going to happen. And if you created that environment, you would have a massive uptick in um, opt-outs. You start telling these people that they're not allowed to see their families for six months, half the league's going to opt out. Well, we could put their families in the bubble. What, their whole family? Like their grandma? Or is grandma out, and you can FaceTime grandma, and if she gets sick, you're going to have to opt out of the NFL to leave and go see her. And and the kids can't see grandma, and, and your wife can't go see grandma. And your wife can't see your friends, and the kids can't go to school. I mean, it's, it's, come on now. Again, the only way this works is if we understand that infections are going to happen, and it's going to put an asterisk next to things, and it's going to cause the season to not be perfect, but it's still football, and that's it. And as a final clarifying thing, as I've said 10,000 times now, it's not insensitive to say they're going to get it, because that also applies if they opt out. I understand Danny Vitali saying, look, I you know, I don't want to be in this environment cramped into little buses and planes with a group of guys because I feel like despite all the testing that I'll be at an increased risk. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Right? Like I work at a hospital. I feel like I'm at a lower risk at the hospital than I am at the grocery store. Why? Have you been to a hospital? Do you know how much they scrub everything at a hospital? Even before the virus, it's the most sterile environment in the world. It just smells sterile everywhere. So although it seems counterintuitive... Yeah, I would probably rather be at a hospital than a grocery store, or at a park, or whatever. So again, it just it just is what it is, man. And it's unfortunate, and it's, you know, as much as I want to believe in my heart of hearts that it's going to be a normal season, I mean, it it already isn't, right? I mean, maybe for the Packers it will be a little bit. We haven't heard of anybody that's decided to opt out. I can't think off the top of my head of anybody that has, you know, sickness or young kids, although that's... I don't think that needs to be a thing. Are babies at high risk of coronavirus? Not to my knowledge, but whatever. That's personal decision. But again, even so, right? You beat a team and they're like, yeah, well, it was, we were missing half our offensive line. So it's just it's just going to be that kind of a thing. But it's still football, all right? It's better than what we've had. The Patriots, though, man, they're taking a serious... It's going to be a brutal year for the Patriots. But see, you know what this is? I'll tell you what this is. This is a conspiracy by the New England Patriots. Oh! I figured it out. I figured out what coronavirus is. This is a Robert Kraft orchestrated conspiracy. I'm not saying he released the virus. But somehow, this happened. And he made it happen. Listen, the New England Patriots were going to be terrible this year. For the first time ever. And we were all going to be able to sit around and watch them be terrible and revel in it. Not only are the New England Patriots going to be terrible, but they lost... Their fullback. They lost their guard, Najee Turan, who I think is a backup, but whatever. And they lost their starting offensive tackle. They lost their quarterback. They lost their tight end. They lost, 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 lost. They're going to keep losing players, and they're going to end up getting the number one overall pick. Or close to it. And then they're going to get their quarterback, and then they're going to be good again. And people are going to be able to look back on and, and, and the 2020 season and say, Yeah, but you were terrible. And they're going to say, Dude, see that asterisk right, right there? That doesn't even count. We were never bad. I figured it out. they are cheating again. Hate the Patriots. Not even gonna be able to revel in the fact that they're bad. We can't even make fun of the Patriots for being bad this year. Oh, it's only cool we don't have a starting left the right tackle. Der. I hate it. This would be a great year to tank though. I know everybody's anti tanking and probably don't like my pro tanking tanking stances. But seriously, who cares about this year? I mean Packer fans, yeah, we only have a couple years left with Aaron Rodgers. Alright. Fine. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we win the Super Bowl this year and nothing after that, I'm going to be mad at you guys. That's on you. If if the only time we win a Super Bowl in the next 10 years is the asterisk year, that's on you. That's your fault. And I will not forgive you for that. But anyways, we, we've talked about this a thousand times. I don't need to keep reiterating this. Let's talk about... Everson Griffin. I was trying to think which way to go first, but let's do Everson Griffin first because I did a YouTube video. Some of you might have already seen it. Plus, you've been hearing a thousand things about it. And we'll save the other one for last. Mr. Everson Griffin. Let me first of all say that I... You can put me in the camp of people that think that this is a very low probability thing. Most people are saying that because they think it's a smokescreen. I'm kind of coming at it from a slightly different angle, although it could entirely be a smokescreen. In other words, a lot of people are saying that Everson Griffin and his agent are doing this just to... Uh, you know drive up his value now my biggest issue with that and the reason why that isn't exactly where my head is at is he's the one that opted out of his vikings contract now granted i, I don't know exactly how or why that all worked because the vikings i think were not planning on paying him he 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 was overpaid and the vikings couldn't pay him but if you're Everson Griffin, why do you care? I guess maybe I'm just not understanding exactly how that all worked. But regardless, he's the one that opted out of that Vikings contract. And so he says, okay, fine. You don't have to pay me all that money. I'll just go be a free agent. And now he's coming back to the Vikings begging to get paid a lot of money again. And he's going to use the Packers to try to drive that price up. You had a contract with the Vikings already. It was a very big one. You opted out of it. So that kind of just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Now he did say he'd be willing to go back to the Vikings. And of Sure, he does want to get paid as much as possible, but I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm I'm I understand it, and that's possible that that's what's going on. But it's a little weird to me if that would be the thing. My biggest, I guess, objection isn't so much that he's using the Packers; it's the fact that there's a lot of gray area in what we know. So let me read the tweet because I feel like a lot of people are taking this out of context, and maybe I am. But again, we we're, we're I think people are filling in the gaps a little bit too much. Ian Rappaport says this is interesting as long times Vikings defensive end and current free agent Everson Griffin narrows down his choices the rival Green Bay Packers are among the teams to express interest so it's a weird kind of wording if you if you kind of just ignore the strangeness of the last part of that and there's more to the tweet but we'll stop there or pause there it makes it sound like there's a bunch of teams who put in bids and Everson Griffin's trying to choose between two or three and the Packers are on that list However, what he says is, the Packers are among the teams to express interest. What have I been saying about Brian Gutekunst since forever? Brian Gutekunst calls about everybody. We'll continue on. That interest is mutual. Minnesota coach Mike Zimmer had recently said he wants Griffin back as well, so that's part, of so whatever. But he says the interest is mutual. So as I did in the video, let me just lay out a scenario for you and see if it, it would fit the criteria of this tweet and also not be anything. Let's say Ian Rappaport, he's, he's calling around, he's trying to get scoops, right? So he's calling up free agents, trying to get some updates, like, what's going on? He calls out Everson Griffin, his agent. He calls up his agent. He's like, so what's going on? He's like, well, you know, he's trying to go through his options and, and see, you know, maybe if there's something he likes, whatever. Well, can you divulge who some of the, the teams have been that are calling? Yeah, so, you know, you got the Cardinals, and you got the Panthers, and you got the Packers, and you got the Titans, and you... Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say the Packers? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Packers called. Wow. Would, would Everson go play for them? Yeah, yeah, he would. And that's it. In other words, all Ian Rappaport is saying is, among the teams that have called about him, the Packers are on that list. And the Packers call about everybody. And the only reason he's highlighting the Packers as opposed to anybody else is because of how strange it is. The Packers are loaded at pass rusher, and it's a division rival, so it makes it newsworthy. I'm sure he's called up other people and has heard about Brian Gutekunst calling, and it just doesn't show up, just like he's heard a bunch, of, a bunch of other teams that had called about Everson Griffin. He doesn't list it in this tweet. So it's entirely possible the Packers are not actually interested, and although it does use the word uh, the words express interest, again there's a lot of gray area. Does that mean they're working out details? Does that mean they're they're trying to get them in for a workout, or does that mean they called up and they asked for details and that's it? They haven't called back. Ian Rappaport is the one that chose his words. I don't I don't know that he knows definitively that, you know, it's not like he maybe he did, but it's not like he called up Brian Gudekunst and he's like, hey man, I can't talk. Trying to get Everson Griffin on the team, trying to finalize some details, gotta go, bye, click. So the point is we're reading in this into this too much. So it, it ranges anywhere from the the first fake phone call to the last fake phone call, somewhere in there. However, obviously if it was the last fake phone call, I'm almost knocking over my lighting studio here, flailing my arms around like a psycho fish that has arms apparently I don't know if it was the last phone call the tweet would have been a lot different right the tweet would have been Packers closing in on a deal with Everson Griffin so it's probably closer to the Packers called and I don't really know any more information on it so that's my biggest objection right out of the gate the Packers are one of a bunch of teams I would I would venture to guess at least half the league is called about Everson Griffin and on that list the Packers are very low in terms of their ability and desire so of all these teams who's most likely to be the highest bidder well probably a team that does not have as many pass rushers and a team that has more money and ability to go out and get them but it's not impossible so let's move on from the negative and start looking at some of the positive. positive first of all one of the uh, objections to the objections we already have a bunch of of pass rushers the first part of that if you recall Brian Gutekunst and Mike Patton's first year. We did not have very good pass rushers. We did not have very good linebackers. We did not have very good corners. We did not have very good safeties. We did have, however, a pair of really solid defensive tackles in Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels. That's the one thing we had on defense that was solid. The first person we heard about in free agency was Muhammad Wilkerson. And the thought was, there's no way. Why would you bother bringing in Muhammad Wilkerson? And then they bring him in for a workout. And then he leaves, and you think, well, that's strange that they actually brought him in for a workout, because they're obviously not interested in him, because why would you get another defensive tackle when we already have two, and it's the one position on this team, one of, you know, what, maybe three or four, that we don't really need. And sure enough, within about 24 hours, they had worked out a deal with Muhammad Wilkerson. As I've said several times, Mike Pettin is obsessed with the defensive front, He loves defensive tackles. He loves edge rushers. Now, obviously, he loves corners and safeties and linebackers as well, but to a very different degree. The Patriots, obviously, are obsessed with corners. Some teams like to start there and, and work from there. I don't think anybody starts from linebacker, but Mike Pettin is one of those guys where it all starts in the trenches. Add into that the fact that Everson Griffin is a slightly different style of player. He is and always has been and always will be a 4-3 defensive end. Well, how does that fit into our hybrid 3-4 system? Well, first of all, hybrid means sometimes we're in a 3-4 defense, sometimes we're in a 4-3 defense. And by 4-3, I more or less mean nickel, where we have four down linemen and, you know, a linebacker and a safety playing linebacker. In that situation, Everson Griffin makes perfect sense because he's probably one of the better true down defensive end in terms of hand in the dirt, Defensive end, defensive tackle, defensive tackle, defensive end, that's your front. He's going to be really solid in that. And again, Mike Pettin runs that a lot. What about when the Packers stand up? Well, there's two ways you can go about that. Number one, you slide him into interior defensive end. I don't think the Packers would bother trying to stand him up. He's 32 years old, trying to teach him to play an entirely new position. We've seen that a thousand times, right? Trying to make outside linebackers defensive ends and defensive ends linebackers. Only some guys can do that. Uh, Zadarius does a great job, you know, but very few people can actually do both. Um, Aaron Campman comes immediately to mind. Or even Dayton Jones, right? Dayton Jones was a hand in the dirt defensive end, and we tried to stand him up, and it just didn't work. And eventually we just kicked him inside, and then kicked him off the team. So the, that would be the one thing, is that we kick him inside to play um, defensive end, which he's done it a little bit, but not much. He is almost exclusively, and I think this is more common with um four three defenses is you you have your job and that's it there's not a whole lot of moving around three four especially the hybrid three four stuff you got a lot of moving pieces that's why Pettin likes it he likes a lot of versatility zimmer and his defenses it's not that there isn't things that are disguised but it's more of you know who's coming who's dropping all that stuff but the defensive end is a defensive end and if he's on the inside it's because he stunted to the inside but he has done it a little bit as a four three defensive tackle It's just a little bit more rare, and PFF doesn't break down the grades in terms of where you lined up. I wish they did, so I don't know if he's any good at that. The other option, which I don't think would be the worst option in the world, especially with the bevy of guys that we have, is to just make him a rotational player, which is to say you kind of just put him on a snap count. He is a situational player much like uh, Julius Peppers and uh, Clay Matthews got to be after a while. There was a a, a while when these guys were, were getting older and you just rotated them. Because you wanted him to be fresh. And at 32 and a half years old, being a very talented pass rusher, but a guy that's kind of getting up in age, you want to keep him fresh. So why not utilize the guys um, when they're at their best? So when we've got four across the front, Everson's probably on the field. He doesn't have to be. You could put Rashawn and, and Zadarius with hand in the dirt. I, I say Rashawn because Preston very rarely did that. Despite Preston's body type being kind of of the same mold and you would think he'd make a good down defensive end they had him standing up almost all the time I think out of like 950 snaps 850 were as a standing up outside linebacker whereas Zadarius was a little bit close you know maybe 60 percent but you figure if you're doing 50-50 even you know 40 percent but Everson Griffin's going to be out there that 40 percent that's that's fine and then you can shift it you know you could have Everson Kenny I don't know if you'd put Zadarius inside I guess you could Kenny and Rashawn that would be ridiculous. Or uh, Kenny on the outside with with Dean on the inside. might depend on the situation, right? Third and three is different than third and 15. And then if you're standing up, you just take Everson Griffin off the field and you can have Preston and Rashan with Kenny and Zadarius and you know Tyler Lancaster. Or again, if it's you know, a longer situation, Dean Lowry. Shorter would be probably Lan- Lancaster. So it could work. Um, the, the real question then comes down to money. Obviously, I'm going to be excited about it w- without any other repercussions. Why not? Um, but you'd have to figure out the financials of it. And um, the, the biggest issue that I can see is we need a lot of money, especially next year. And, and, and now that the salary cap is figured out, they might be starting to work on some deals, deals now for some of our guys, which again, as I've said, in reality could free up some money. Obviously long term it's going to cost more, but if we decide we're keeping David Bakhtiari, I mean if you want to make me happy today, if you want to make today the greatest day of all time, slight over over exaggeration, but let me find out that they worked out a deal with a as a you know a, a three four year extension with David Bakhtiari and that his current cap hit goes from 14.7 which we're paying him now down to you know seven. So we end up freeing up 7.7-ish million dollars, bringing our 11.5 million dollar uh, cap remaining cap space, brings us up to like 19 million. Now, yes, that does mean his, his cap's going, the the hits going up next year, but you know that's that's what happens. Um, the Kenny Kenny Clark extension that hopefully is coming relatively soon. I don't know if it's going to free up all that much money. It can, but he's only a seven point seven cap hit right now so I don't know that you want to push out all that much because he's going to be getting a lot as it is I've even said I wouldn't mind a Devontae extension I mean he's he's got this year and next year still on his contract and usually unless it's a quarterback you're not going to do it from that far out I mean we did it with Aaron Rodgers but I wouldn't mind it first of all he's underpaid at 16 million dollars so give him a bump in pay and you give him a signing bonus so he's going to get cash in hand because in terms of real dollars he's going to get a pay increase and he gets an extension, and he gets more per year, and we free up cap for going forward. Again, we could save, I don't know, seven, eight million dollars from Devante's contract. Now, a lot of this has to do with what happens in the future. Again, I don't know what this means for the 2021, 20, I do know 2021, but 2022, 2023 salary caps. And you definitely don't want those going up. That would be the biggest problem with trying to free up too much money now, because if you're pushing out money to later years and you you know, try to push out next year's money, then 2022 and, and and on become very expensive. But again, I don't know what 2022 is supposed to be. I know you're spreading out the money over four years, but is it is it going to go up to 180, 190? Is it going to stay at 175? I don't know what happened, but that's for them to figure out. But now that they do have the details, it would be nice to see them try to work some stuff out with their current players. And again, depending on what they decide to do, it may possibly mean a little bit more money to play with. It may mean less, I don't know. But more than likely, if anybody's getting a contract, it means more money this year. And we'll see what they do with it. Again, very unlikely that Everson Griffin comes to Green Bay. But if he does, I mean, it, it just makes us better. Now, the, the one final thing I want to add to that, and I can't even get to the final thing because it's already 5 o'clock. Ah. Anyways, the one final thing I want to add to that is that um, Everson Griffin, at least insofar as PFF is concerned, they're not saying he's a super great run defender which I was kind of hoping would be the case we knew he's a good pass rusher but I was hoping he would be pretty solid against the run he hasn't been he's I mean he's he's okay he's he's average to below average I shouldn't say below average he's he's average to good in terms of actual grades in my mind it's average to below average but he's he's probably I mean he's well below what Zedarius did last year as as bad as he looked against the 49ers and all that stuff Zedarius graded out like in the 80s against the run he was dominant and I don't really expect that to continue You figure if Preston gets back to what he was, he used to be very good against the run, but not as much of a pass rusher, and that flipped in Green Bay. I don't know if it's going to stay that way or if he's going to get better. But the point is, I don't expect us to get a lot better like when he's on the field as opposed to one of the other guys. I think the other guys are just as good, and Rashawn is very good at that as well. Maybe he wasn't exactly last year, but that's his bread and butter. If he's going to take a step, it's probably in that direction. So if he comes over, it's not like, well, this is what's going to help us fix you know our, our run defense woes. I don't think so. He's a pass rusher. He's another pass rusher. Oh, and the final, final thing, please stop saying you can never have too many pass rushers. Yes, you can. Again, part of this scenario is that some of these guys are sitting on the bench, so it doesn't really help. There is a limit to how many how much, how much, many pass rushers is too many, right? Is 60 too many, considering you can only have 53 on a, on a team? Let's start from there and work our way back to find out how many is too many, because clearly there is a number that is too many. I know I'm being entirely too literal, but it, it just it's annoying because it's a throwaway line that dismisses the very real question of you know the law of diminishing returns he's not going to be as valuable in green bay to the packers as he would be on another team where he is a full-time starter that's a reality so the law of diminishing returns comes into effect for the green bay packers the more people you add the less of a return you're going to get because the less they play so I'm not just being a stickler for the sake of of being a stickler it's just it's not a good line it's not a good saying you can't have too many pass rushers especially when we talk about elite pass rushers that cost a lot of money and even if we're not talking about that, then what's the point of having 17 bad pass rushers? That doesn't do you any good either. Just stop saying it. It's, it's just a, you know, I don't want to have to argue with you because you made a point that I can't really refute. And so I'm just going to say this throwaway line that coaches say. And then I feel like I'm right because, hey, coaches say it. So you obviously don't know what you're talking about. And I know what I'm talking about. You can have too many. I don't care what Mike Pettin says into the microphone or what Mike McCarthy used to say or whoever has said the line, you can never have too many pass rushers. Because obviously, that's false. And, and when you talk about value, and it is a very real question, how much value is he going to bring and is it worth paying the amount of money he's going to ask for to have a guy that's out there 40 to 50% of the time? Because Zedarius and Preston are the guys and Rashawn is the guy we're trying to push into more and more playing time. How much do you want to play for a 32-year-old rotational pass rusher? I want him. I'll take him. But there is a point at which the value is too much. The cost is too much. But anyways, we'll, uh, I, again, I'm just happy we're getting real actual NFL news and we're hearing rumors and trades and all this stuff. And again, I, I genuinely believe, whether or not they feel they can do it, maybe they can't based on the, the contract situations. I don't know what the talks are, but now that teams have the numbers, that's when these things are going to start to pick up. right? There's still the complication as far as this kind of thing with um as far as free agents with coming in and and doing physicals but um that's probably going to pick up now that the financials are starting to get ironed out but also contract extensions and things so hopefully we'll be getting a bunch more news like that it's it's going to be kind of slow and a lot of the news is just going to be coronavirus news still you know the testing is you're starting to get results back but uh, hopefully we get some more actual football news that would be very exciting and i'm anticipating that but anyways i gotta get going you folks have yourselves a fantastic tuesday i will talk to you tomorrow